Hello everyone. We're looking at the book of Ruth, as you know, and just wanted to read those first five verses again. It came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Marlon and Chilion. Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Marlon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. One of the things I find so beautiful about the Word of God is its often attention to the minutest details. And when those details are given, it is clearly for a reason. I was impressed this morning as I was reading these first few verses again how that the names are given of everyone involved in this situation. There's Elimelech, Naomi, Marlon, Chilion, Orpah and Ruth and then Boaz in the next chapter. How interesting it is to look at what people's names mean, as undoubtedly Scripture encourages us to do that. For a perfect example, we just need to think of our Saviour. His name, Scripture says, shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus means Jehovah Saviour. And I could give you hundreds of other examples in Scripture of names being descriptions of life and character. So let's look at these people in the passage before us. We've already spoken about Elimelech. His name means, my God is king. But in practice, as we've seen, he denied that by leaving the place where God had promised his blessings and going down into Moab, a place of wickedness, (coughs) excuse me, wickedness, wantonness, and opposition to the God of Israel. I'm going to skip Naomi, Orpah and Ruth for today, and we'll look at them another day, God willing. But Marlon, their firstborn, means sick. This is confirmed in that he died within ten years of them leaving Bethlehem. Chilion, their second and only other son, means pining. This also is confirmed as he also died uh, within those ten years too. I'd like to suggest that these two sons were deeply affected by the conditions prevailing in Israel and in Bethlehem from where they came. During those years when the judges ruled, when there was no king in Israel and when there was a famine. Also, I would suggest that they were fatally affected by the choice that their father made in leaving the land of promise. The one son seems to have been affected physically and the other emotionally and psychologically. The one had a broken body, and the other had a broken heart. You may think I'm stretching scripture a bit, or even a lot, or maybe or maybe not. I believe the Holy Holy Spirit has given us these names for a reason, and as we've seen, names portray character and condition of heart and of life. These two young men had seen the departure of the nation Israel from following God 
and trusting in his promises. They'd also witnessed their own father behaving in what we've already thought as being a hypocritical manner, professing that God was his sovereign and yet abandoning the land of God's promise and provision. I believe these things are what the Spirit of God would have us learn and learn them as lessons indeed, as they are often the causes of such conditions of body as well as of heart and mind, especially among young people who have not perhaps personally known the power and blessing of God in their own lives. I was speaking with someone recently who was brought up amongst believers, many of which, sadly, were anything but what they should have been. His comment and criticism to me was, what Christianity does is make people worse than those who profess nothing. Well, of course, that's totally untrue. Genuine Christianity makes a person whole. That's what the New Testament says. Jesus made people whole. That is, it affects for good, not ill, every part of the person, spirit, soul and body. That's certainly not to say that true Christians are all physically or even mentally fit and well. There's no scripture that promises us today completely perfect health. Days of miraculous healing were for transitionary early Christian times when the message of the gospel was being authenticated by divine and miraculous signs. What the blessing of God's salvation does do is that it affects the spirit and soul of a person, bringing love, joy and peace, and it also affects how I behave, use and treat my body, not abusing it, but rather caring for it in order to be useful in God's service. As we think then of these two young men, they were sick and pining, sick of body and sick of heart, as I've suggested which in this case, at least I believe, was due to the conditions that prevailed. How incredibly sad that is. What departure from God, his sovereignty, land and people did in the lives of these two young men became only too obvious very quickly. They took them wives of the women of Moab. We shall see another day that God in his infinite grace brought one of those two young women into unimaginable blessing. But can I say to anyone who belongs to Christ, who has a true and genuine faith and a real love for the Lord, be very careful if you're looking for a spouse, for a husband or wife. These young men took wives whose people were not the people of God. Their gods gods were not the only living and true God. They were gods of idol, uh, that were idols made of wood and of stone, which were in fact used for demonic worship. And an equal yoke is something that is both foolish and often turns out to be very costly and painful, and in many cases doesn't last either. But preeminently apart from that, it's not what God intended for you, my dear young or even older believer listening today. Can I also add this? Just because one of the opposite sex is pretty or handsome, it isn't the basis for a happy and blessed marriage. The first marriage, you remember, Adam and Eve, took place by God bringing them together. And when that happens, this is a recipe for suitability, unity, usefulness, 
and true and mutual joy. God willing, we'll look at some of the other characteristics, or characters rather, in this beautiful little book. Uh, Another day, God willing. God bless his word to you today.